Hello and welcome. I'm Kiana Kablein, a student at Woodside Prairie, and this is the It's Okay to Not Be Okay podcast, the show where we discuss mental illness and hear the stories of many strong students. The goal of this podcast is to discuss mental illness and how it's exhibited in each person. I want to educate those who do not understand mental illness and how one can recognize mental illness within themselves and or others. I will discuss coping mechanisms that have helped me as well as others. Some of the topics discussed may be triggering. If this is something that you struggle with and you're unsure if you want to hear us talk about it, then I will be weary of that. We are going to be talking about some touchy subjects, but I think it would be helpful to hear our stories. By no means am I a medical professional. This is just advice and real life experience from high schoolers who are struggling themselves. If you do find yourself feeling triggered, here is the number of the crisis hotline. 1-800-273-8255. Again, 1-800-273-8255. Hello, everybody. On today's episode of It's Okay to Not Be Okay, we will be talking about anxiety. With me, I have some anonymous teenagers that have volunteered to tell their stories. So thank you all for being here today. Okay. Um, If you guys want to add anything while I'm talking, feel free to jump in. I want to touch on anxiety and the overall feeling of being anxious. I want to start off by defining anxiety and differentiating each type. I just want everyone to know that occasional anxiety is totally normal part of life. You might feel anxious when faced with a problem at work, before taking a test, or before making an important decision. But anxiety disorders involve more than temporary worry or fear. For a person with anxiety disorder, the anxiety does not go away and can get worse over time. The symptoms can interfere with daily activities such as job performance, schoolwork, and relationships. There are several different types of anxiety disorders, including generalized anxiety disorder, panic disorder, and various phobia-related disorders. People with generalized anxiety disorder display like excessive anxiety and worry most days for at least six months um, about a number of things such as like personal health, work, social interactions, and everyday life routine. Um, people with panic disorder have reoccurring unexpected panic attacks, and those panic attacks are sudden periods of intense fear that come on very quickly and can reach their peak within minutes. Attacks can occur unexpectedly or can be brought on by a trigger, such as like a feared object or situation. People with social anxiety disorder have a general intense fear or anxiety to social interactions, performance situations, etc. They worry about like actions or behaviors associated with their anxiety um, that will be negatively evaluated by others, leading them to feel embarrassed, adding on to their anxiety. This worry often causes people with social anxiety to avoid social interaction and social situations. Uh, Social anxiety can manifest in a range of situations. It's honestly um, unique to every person, such as like workplace or school environment, environment, or even like small group gatherings. So now we've gone over the types of anxiety. It is time to hear the stories of our guests. So guys, just tell me your personal experience with anxiety and how it's affected your life and relationships overall.
I can go first. So I've always had anxiety looking back for as long as I can remember. I didn't really know at the time, but now looking back um, throughout my childhood, I was always anxious. During school, I'd be the kind of person that would count how many people were going before me before I'd read in class. I would get anxious before tests to the point of throwing up or feeling like I was going to throw up. I would spend two hours studying for something, even if I knew the content because I was worried I would fail. Um, And I was diagnosed with generalized anxiety disorder in eighth grade. And since then, I'm now a senior. And since then, on and off, I've been in therapy to work on my anxiety. And I felt that strategies like therapy and meditation have really helped me. But I do realize that it's something that's going to be with me for life. And it's more about managing it than it is getting over it or curing it, per se. Thank you for sharing, Sahana. Um, Who would like to go next? I can go. So... um, I've always been very anxious ever since I was a little child. Um, I never went to therapy, but I went to a lot of school, like counseling meetings, um, because I just couldn't sit in class and they would tell me that I had to go home because school was not a safe environment for me at the moment, at the time, because of how anxious I would get, whether that'd be like caring what people thought of me or whether that was just freaking out before a test. Um, but Basically, when I got extremely anxious, I couldn't eat. And that would either be for like a couple of days, or I would just sit in my room and overthink everything. So my anxiety has basically consumed some parts like of my day and has clouded a lot of my emotions and my thoughts. I'm sorry to hear that. But thank you for being being vulnerable and sharing. The last person. Yeah, so for me, My story with anxiety is interesting. My parents as doctors taught me from a young age the importance of physical health, but they never really taught me techniques to deal with mental health issues, which is ironic because when I started experiencing anxiety and was diagnosed with generalized anxiety disorder, I learned that every member of my family had had some type of problem with mental health, whether it's anxiety, bipolar disorder, or depression. And for me, my generalized anxiety manifested in cycles of chronic stress and sickness. I found myself built, I found my stress building up to, to the point where my body couldn't take it. I'd get sick, I'd miss school, and get even more stressed because I would miss work. This was extremely difficult for me to communicate with my teachers and peers, but I'm in therapy now and I'm working towards bettering myself and and fighting the mental health issues that everyone really has, but don't they most people don't talk about. Sorry. <laughs> Thank you for sharing. Um question, what advice do you give or do you have for parents, teachers, friends, et cetera, to be helpful towards your mental illness? Because I know a lot of parents really don't know how to deal with when their child is struggling. Like my parents, they're just, they don't really, they don't know how to address it or accept it. They just let me sit in my room. So like, what advice would you give to people around you to help you? Yeah, so I'd say I've gone gone through my fair share of that as well um, because my parents have seen me anxious. And actually, the first time they saw me ever have a panic attack was in sophomore year. And they did some things that were helpful, and they also did some things that weren't helpful. So I think what's really helped me 
is to just be sat with and have a listener and being comforted, whether that's physical touch, like being grounded in the moment, getting a hug or holding my hand um, or just stroking me while I shake um, or cry or whatever it may be. And I think what's not helpful is having someone talk at you and just tell you what you're doing wrong. And like, for example, like that panic attack was about a test I was really nervous for. And my mom was like, well, you should have studied for it earlier. Or why don't you think about this? Or why don't you think about that? And that just made me more stressed out because I don't have any control at that point to fix what happened in the past. And I was just in the present having a panic attack. And that just made me feel even more guilty. And then I'd say, as for teachers, I've had my countless bad experiences with teachers and anxiety. Um, I've had teachers tell me, take a deep breath or don't worry or let it go when it's really not that simple. And one teacher even told me sophomore year, and like I said, you can see this is a theme sophomore year that my anxiety was not great. Um, One teacher even told me sophomore year that I shouldn't experience anxiety because I'm privileged. And that's just completely (laughs) misjudged because anxiety doesn't discriminate. Anxiety is a condition anyone can face. And yes, I'm very privileged. You know, I go to Priory and I have food on the table and I have a loving family, but that doesn't mean I can't have anxiety just like anyone else. Um. I think you bring up a really good point because for me that pat like when they mention like the past like oh you should have done this you should have done that I hear that all the time and usually like if I'm worried about like school I've been stressed about like presentations in front of people because I have a hard time like presenting in front of people I get extremely anxious I've been told like well you should have reviewed it more so you wouldn't be as nervous and all that and I just feel like that's not helpful because like I'm going to be nervous whether I like prepare for it or if I don't, I'm still going to have the same feeling. So I think that's a really good point to like not bring up like past, like what you could have done in the past. And as for teachers, my French class, uh, my French teacher has actually been very understanding of my anxiety because I would have a lot of presentations in front of the class. And sometimes I would just be like in tears before the class and telling him like, I cannot present right now. Like I'm not doing well. I can't. And he's like, that's totally fine. Just let me know when you can. And same with my biology teacher um, before a test, she would sit through me and help me like manage that anxiety before a test and how I can like perform better using that um, anxiety and transferring it into something other than just being a completely nervous wreck before a test. So I think that's really important. And um, my parents have seen me have a couple anxiety attacks. And I think one thing is just being a good listener and just like no judgment um, and just sitting down and listening and giving advice rather than telling someone what they should have done and what they could have done. Because like in all reality, when people are like, Oh, stop worrying about it. Like it's fine. Like that doesn't change anything. That that doesn't make me feel any better about myself. That just makes me feel self-conscious that like, Oh, I shouldn't be feeling this, but I am. So Um, just being a good ear and listening to what people have to say without judgment, I think is a really important factor. Yeah, Yeah. I totally agree. Yeah, I agree with that. There's times when I don't want advice and I just want to be listened to. Yeah, both of you bring up really good points that I can totally relate to. I think one of the the biggest thing um, with, for me and mental health has been a lack of conversation. So I just want to say thank you, Kiana, for bringing this up because I've never really had the experience to talk to my peers about mental health because I think, first of all, a lot of people confuse the everyday anxiety 
um, situational anxiety that everyone faces with actual anxiety disorders. Um, and it can be dismissive of actual problems. As I mentioned in the um, in my in the first part, I I um, had a lot of trouble telling my teachers about my anxiety and why I was getting sick because of chronic stress. And at one point, I my teacher actually forced me to come to school in the middle of a final when I was when I had been throwing up all morning because of a anxiety related illness. And I threw up in the middle of my final and I, some of my peers laughed at me, actually. It was, it was a really terrible experience and I ended up getting a terrible grade on that test, but that was, and that was a really, a really difficult moment for me. So I think the biggest thing is listening and talking and understanding, having this conversation about mental health and that it really, it's a really big deal. It's not something that people should take lightly. Like just, it's not, it was for me in that moment, it wasn't just stress about a test. It was my generalized anxiety being amplified by that situation. I'm sorry to hear that, but I, I think a lot of people don't understand mental illness and they don't know how to handle it because they've they're like not familiar with it. And like, I think this is important that we're talking about it. So people who have never experienced it, I mean, they're lucky, but they've never experienced it. So they don't know how right. to like, react to it. So like in, in your case about like taking your tests, like it was not cool of those kids to like laugh at you because they truly do not know the feeling like that you have in that moment. And it can be very intense. Exactly. And I'm not one to judge someone based on misunderstanding. I think I was more frustrated at the fact that people aren't understanding yet and that this is not something that people know about yet. Like the goal of this podcast is to have people understand more that what like for those who don't understand at all. Yeah, I feel like it. That's why, Kiana, I think this is so important that you're doing this is because I feel like it's really important to educate um, everyone on, like, what is going on and, like, how to help your peers. Because it really starts, like, um, your story about the test, I feel like it's really important for people around you and the people you surround yourself with, whether that's at school or, like, your family or your closest friends, to, like, teach them about mental health because laughing is absolutely unacceptable in that situation. Like you're already going through enough. You don't, that's the last thing that should be happening to you. Or if like, for me personally, I get extremely anxious about what people think of me. And that's always been something I've struggled with. And the number one response for when I open up to people about it is just stop think, just stop caring. Like it doesn't matter. Just do you. And as much as I want that to happen, it's like, you can't do that in like a snap of a finger, you know, like people think it's so easy to it's not like stop caring. It's not exactly you can just flip. Exactly. Right. And I feel like that's something that needs to be like told to people. It's like it's not gonna go away in like a day. It's how it's like a feeling, even though if you can like cover that up sometimes and pretend like, oh, I don't care. It's still always deep down inside of like, what is this person thinking of me? And like, I don't want them to be mad at me. And and then it just 
it's a never and never ending cycle but until you have those people around you to really like support you and help you understand that like how to like help and move forward that's what i think is so important and that's where we need to start um like having teachers and parents and people around you just su- like with support free ju- free of judgment you know i but totally I agree. it's not even just the symptoms of like the stuff that's going on inside your head it's also physical symptoms at least for me and i think that's where i get the most ostracized and feel most uncomfortable being in front of people because people don't talk about how when you're anxious you know you wake up with nausea and you throw up at least for me I'm very prone to throwing up. I'll become nauseous and I'll throw up before things I'm really stressed about or I'll pace around the house or my hands will start sweating or my heartbeat will increase. And I think people don't talk about that enough either is that it's not just in your head. It's actually physical. And that's the stuff, at least for me, that's most hard to deal with because I feel like I have no control of my body when I have an anxiety attack. And there's Yeah, it's like when I, when I have my moments, I like shake uncontrollably. Like, have you ever seen like someone's leg shake? like during class or like in yeah. any moment that, I mean, that's like a sign. That's not like you're generalized anxiety, but it's like a sign of anxiety, like in the moment, like situational. So it's like totally normal for everyone to have. They just might not recognize it as anxiety. Yeah. For mine, I like, Keanu, you've, I've called you at some time when I'm like driving and I get like an anxiety attack and I legitimately like can't breathe. And I feel so lightheaded that I feel I need to pull over and like, I need to catch my breath because I feel like I can't. And I'm like being suffocated and it's just so, yeah, that's yeah, my I was like, gonna say, um, that happens to me too. I remember this one time when I was having a, an anxiety attack and I was in my room, I was hyperventilating. I could not breathe. And I, I actually had to have someone bring me a brown paper bag to breathe in. My parents were so worried and stressed. And I think that experience actually was helpful because it taught them a lot about how to help me deal with my anxiety. I think one of the things is that even though both of them have experienced anxiety firsthand, they they both have generalized anxiety disorder, they, as first-generation immigrants, they were never they were never taught to deal with mental health. They didn't even realize what mental health issues were until um, until it got to a point where they needed medication. And I think that they're trying to stop that cycle with me by helping me now so I don't have to deal with these problems later in life or I, I have them under control. And I I want to help them do that. And I want to help other other people like my friends and peers do that too, help help people with anxiety. Yeah, and on yeah. that note, I, I think it's say, so important to help each other. Yeah, on that note, I would just say I feel add on to that. I feel so lucky that I'm the older sibling and that I'm dealing with this stuff first because I hope that now, as my parents will, you know, like I said, that example of me sophomore year and they saw me have a panic attack for the first time, you know, they'll see that experience, they'll remember what they learned. And then for my sister, hopefully, she won't have to go through the awkwardness of not being helped properly if she ever goes through anything. She'll just know that she can reach out to them and they'll be there and they'll know how to deal with it. Okay, question. At what point in time did you like realize you needed help, like outside help that you could not just help yourself anymore? That like you needed to tell somebody that like you're struggling and it was just something you could not control anymore? Well, my I think in 8th grade, 
um, the school counselor told me that I should really seek outside help. Um, and I didn't want to because I was ashamed of it and I didn't really want someone like I was, I didn't want to go to my parents telling them like, Oh, I need help about this. But then I think it was at the beginning, January this year, I told my mom because she witnessed me having a couple of anxiety attacks. And I told her like, I seriously need to talk to someone. Like, I love you. I love you and dad both, but like, I can't, I need more than a parent's advice. Um, and I still haven't met with a therapist, but she's still looking for one because it comes on and off and I feel like I'm fine and then I'm not. So it's like constant struggle of trying to decide if that's really what I need. And I feel like it is. So I'm still looking for it. But I would say the beginning of this year really made me realize like, no, I need to talk to someone. Yeah. And like it, going to therapy is like nothing to be ashamed of. Like I've been going to therapy since I was like seven. Like it's no big deal. When I was a child, I was totally embarrassed. Like I would not tell people where I was going, but now I'm like, oh yeah, I go to therapy. I have therapy. I can't hang out. I have therapy. Like it's totally normal. Yeah. I I was always fine with going to therapy, but I think it was more my mom. She obviously wanted me to get help, but I would notice that she would lie and be like, oh, Sahana has an appointment or she's going to go to the doctor. She has something planned. And I was like, why can't you just say therapy? And I would, and I would sometimes embarrass her and straight up tell her whoever she was talking with, like, yeah, my appointment's therapy, to just see how she would react. And I think now she knows that's kind of a sensitive thing for me. But it was like, why was she ashamed that I was going to therapy, you know? And I think that's something parents deal with is being embarrassed about what their friends will think about their kids going to therapy, which is really sad because you shouldn't have to worry about (laughs) what your parents' friends will think of you. If you need help, you should get help. Yeah. I also just want to say, I mean, I've talked to my therapist about this and she has said she she goes to therapy. Everyone should have therapy, even people without mental health problems. Because I think there are like as a as a people, we're embarrassed about our issues and and our insecurities and it it builds and we need a place to kind of talk to someone objectively about those problems. Yeah, like even if you don't have like a mental health issue, I feel like everyone just wants or needs to be heard sometimes. Like I know a lot of people like bottle it in forever, like especially with like this whole toxic masculinity thing. I know a lot of guys who like refuse to be in touch with their emotions and accept that they're actually going through something. So I think it's just even if it's not a therapist, I feel like it's just important to talk to someone who's willing to listen to you yeah definitely I probably realized I needed help a lot later than I should have I think it was mostly because my sister was dealing with depression in high school there was a point where she actually ended up on a 72-hour hold at um at a, a mental health not ex- I wouldn't exactly call it a mental health center. It was more of a stabilization facility. It was honestly that in that in itself was a, a bad experience with mental health because it made me realize how, like that the system is broken. There's not enough resources for people who actually need help and don't have a support system. But other than that, 
because of my sister's depression, I always felt the need to be the perfect younger child who was just peaceful and didn't cause problems. And that was not helpful. I think that actually worsened my anxiety. And when it when it did all come out, when I realized that I needed help, I really needed help, and I had a complete breakdown and anxiety attack, I realized that, I mean, it probably wouldn't have been as bad if I had addressed it earlier on. I think I always knew that I had anxiety. Yeah, I think it's super important to like talk to yourself about it and be like, can I handle this by myself? Like, do I want people to see me this way? Whatever. Help yourself first, guys. <laughs> I think that's the most important thing. Um, so that was my last question. So thank you all so much for sharing. I really appreciate it. I know it's hard to be vulnerable and open up and face the issues, but for real, thank you for talking about it because I really think mental health should be talked about more because there are so many people who truly don't understand. So thank you guys. Thank you for having this. This is super important. And for the other people speaking, like you guys are super strong. (laughs) Is there anything else you guys want to like add? I just want to say something to Donia because oh you can cut oh, that Manisha I am gonna cut out the name okay okay, <laughs> Start okay. Over. say, say I, your phrase again what say the phrase again I want to say something don't say her name I just want to say something um to the speaker who said she was considering therapy but wasn't sure if she needed it I think mental health is a journey and as we already talked about everyone needs therapy don't hesitate to get help. Mental health is a journey. You're going to have to deal with it your entire life. I don't think I'll ever get rid of my anxiety. It's not, again, it's not something I can just turn off. You can't just turn it off. And so thank you for sharing your story. Yeah. And I'd say on that note, don't be afraid if the first therapist isn't a good fit. You can go through countless therapists until you find the one that's the right fit for you. And that's important. Next, I want to discuss solutions that the National Institute of Mental Health suggests. So they suggest that you seek psychotherapy, which is basically talk therapy. Um, As we discussed before, it's super important to feel heard, and it's scientifically proven it helps to um, be heard. It helps with, like, person-specific anxiety, so the therapy is made specifically for you and the things you're anxious about. There's also exposure therapy, which is a cognitive behavioral therapy to treat like social anxiety by encouraging one to confront their fears and engage in activities that are normally avoided. Cognitive therapy normally focuses on identifying the issue and neutralizing harmful thoughts that may trigger one's anxiety. If therapy doesn't help, medication is always an option, such as anti-anxiety meds that will reduce the symptoms of anxiety, panic attacks, and the extreme worry or fear that you may have. The most common anti-anxiety med is benzodiazepine. So if you honestly feel like you need it and it would help you, definitely talk to your doctor about it. 
um, because again, I am not a medical professional. This is just me giving you advice. Um, there are also such things as like group therapy. So if you think that would be beneficial to you, there are probably like chat rooms or even in-person groups that meet to talk about their problems and support one another. Um, that's all I have for you today. Thank you so much for joining Thanks, me. Thanks, guys. And thank you guys so much. Yeah, of course. Catch me next episode. Bye.